And one of the first mistakes that I constantly see, I have at this point consulted hundred and hundred of hours uh, with business owners. It's mindset. It's not a tactical error that you're making in the business. It's literally your mindset. I want you to shift your CE and put on your CEO mindset. And some of you might feel like you don't know what that means. And obviously there are people like me that are able to help you with that. But it is important to know that what the activities that are filling your day, are they impacting your bottom line? Hmm. It is your mindset. Stop overanalyzing. You need to be decisive. Many times it's very hard to make a decision. Should I call? Should I not call? Should I send this email at 3 a.m.? What should I do? Should I pay this bill? Oh my gosh, should I invest in? Listen. Welcome to Empower Her Money Podcast. I'm your host, Angela Duncan, speaker, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and we talk all things money and business. Today's episode is sponsored by freemoneytipsbook.com, freemoneytipsbook.com. Head over there, download your free ebook, Seven Unshakable Tips to Get You Started on Your Financial Journey. Today's episode, I get to interview Rosalind Rice with DPI, and she's going to tell us what is the biggest mistake that business owners are doing today. Hi, Rosalind. Welcome to Empower Her Money podcast. Tell me something awesome about today. Oh, I am just excited to be able to just share my experience, but then also be able to make others feel confident, maybe shift their mindset as they start to go into the next year. Awesome. Well, I would love for you to start off. Tell a little bit about your journey, your story, and how you got to where you're at today. Yeah. So my name is Rosalind Rice, as you know, and um, really my journey started in high school. I developed this love for business. I had this incredible business teacher and uh, she would talk about business. And uh, once I graduated high school, I uh, decided that I really loved the psychology behind why people buy certain items. Like that was me. And so I remember telling my mom, like, I'm going to be a psychologist. And she was like, what are you going to do with that? Uh, but one of my favorite classes at the University of Florida was truly consumer psychology. And I fell in love with the way that stores are designed, the smells, the scents, just the experience that um, they are presenting to their guests when you walk into a store, how intentional it is. Uh, and it really made me be intentional as I went further into my career. If I, I felt like if they were this intentional about you spending money, even when you might not have needed a certain item, I needed to be intentional with how I moved my career forward. So I've been 25 years of being in corporate retail and uh, my last uh, kind of part one of my career was managing a team of 200 all across North America. Uh, and then in 2020, got laid off and really wanted to focus on uh, leadership development because what I found for me as a woman of color is that the, the world of um, being a leader was very isolating. And um, 
So I wanted to be able to create safe spaces for leaders to be vulnerable, but also to grow. Yeah. And obviously right in line with the podcast, because we're teaching women about money and about business and being a female entrepreneur. So that's incredible. Um, Great story. A lot of people can, you know, relate to being in corporate world and then kind of transitioning into owning your own business. So -hmm. when you decided to go on that journey after being laid off, you know, what was kind of like your thought process? Like, how did you figure out what it was that you wanted to do next? Oh, that's a great question. It was a step of faith. It really um, allowed, I I really had to spend time with myself. I had to spend time reflecting on what are my strengths. I think if you're someone who is transitioning from corporate into being an entrepreneur, you are told, hey, we think this is what your strengths, what you're doing well, but it's always the landscape and backdrop of what's happening with the company, what's happening with their global goals. But you have to tap into yourself and understand. I did a lot of assessments. I had an executive coach kind of checked all those boxes and really started to uncover what were some skills that I would be able to transfer into being a leader? I loved being a leader. My, my mom and father definitely groomed me to, to be a leader very early on, whether it was in my church, whether it was in different organizations that I was a part of. So I knew leadership was something that I absolutely loved. And once I start dissecting, okay, what are the strengths that I have? I quickly realized, hmm, there, there are many areas where I have opportunity to grow and I'm going to need to kind of come alongside with someone. Um, And actually that is when I start having conversations with my twin sister and her and I are in business together, but it starts with sitting, reflecting, and taking the time to understand what your skills are. Yeah. Becoming self-aware of those strengths. So that's good advice there. And then you just mentioned you are a twin and you're in business together. How do, how do you keep, you know, that family relationship kind of separate, but also working relationship and how does that mesh there? How do you make that work? Yeah. You know, that's a really great question. And I would say I would be hesitant in having people work with their family for many reasons that I'm not going to get into on this podcast. One thing that I can see uh, about, say about my sister, her and I are, there's something about being an identical twin and really almost sharing the same DNA. There's such a synergy between us, which isn't what most family members are able to have. Um, But I was transitioning from corporate. My sister was already an entrepreneur. I knew we needed to mesh those two together. And so really that was the reason why. Um, But if I'm honest, as a business consultant that I am, I would say really pause and think, do you want to be in business with your family? It could be your husband. It could be sister, brother, sip. Like you got to really think about that. And I would say, talk to a professional before you go down that path. Yeah, I I definitely understand that I was married for a long time and we did really well after we figured out what our strengths were and that we truly trusted each other. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, working with a family member, that's why I was asking how how do you make that work? But unique situation and it's working well for you. So, you know, as long as the family relationship is still protected first, I think then the business relationship, then you can be more successful with that type of dynamic. 
Yes. Um, and it, and it is. And I would say, you know, we have contractual agreements, like we're, we're, everything is on the up and up. We have a lot of conversations every single week. We're meeting, we align our goals. We don't always see eye to eye, but we do compromise and come together. There's just something that happened today in the business where we're compromising. That's a part of it. Anytime you have ideas bumping up against each other, there's going to be tension. There's healthy tension. The fact is you take that and rise to a higher level. And that's what we're able to do together. Yeah. Now you're also a best-selling author. I think a lot of people, you know, we all have stories and some of us wish to be able to tell that story. So can you walk through the process of where your mindset was, how you came up with the idea of the book, and then where you went to take it to bestseller from there? Yeah. So my book is called The Power of One finding hope in the midst of struggle. It was written in 2020 when the world was incredibly dark, but not only dark, it was definitely silent. And I remember people were just able to have time to kind of rediscover, have these reawakenings, understand what was happening in their own lives. They were able to declutter parts of their lives. They you know, took up a lot of new hobbies, including baking bread, right? Like banana bread was one of the most <laughs> Googled recipes during the pandemic. And so I would sit, I've always been a writer. It was 10 years ago that I had kind of set out on a journey to write a book, but it got buried because I was in corporate uh, and didn't really understand how to kind of prioritize my time. And so here comes 2020 with time was a gift that we were given. Uh, and so I just started writing. And I would say for someone who has uh, a message in their heart, or they feel they have this story of resilience that they want to get out into the world, start writing your broken pieces. I literally would just write sentences, or I would have the note feature on my phone. And I would just, whether it was a voice memo, or just kind of take a fragmented sentence I believe that those broken pieces can be weaved together into a beautiful masterpiece. So I know there's some publishers out there that will say, hey, you got to set aside the time. And many of us aren't afforded that opportunity. Take those broken pieces as something comes to you and you are inspired, you're motivated, write it down. And I'm telling you, my book came together from fragmented pieces. Mm, so start be okay having little pieces to put together and yes. then know that, you know, if, you, if we all have a story that it could possibly impact somebody else to put it together and just do it. Absolutely. Just start somewhere. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, be, having you on the podcast, you're an amazing communication. Like your communication is incredible. So I imagine you also do some speaking events as well. Yes, yeah. I do. So yeah. talk about that. What do you look for or, you know, what kind of messages do you like to teach when you're in the speaking environment? Yeah. Uh, when you, for me specifically, when I am speaking, I definitely want to make sure that one, as a speaker, I create a safe space, right? I want to immediately find something of relevancy for whoever is in the audience. So I could be talking to a group of women, but I'm going to be talking about the many dynamics of their life, whether they are first starting out as a new mom, whether they are in retirement, whether they're in the caregiving season of an elderly parent. So when I am sitting and writing and thinking about what I want to um, say on stage, create that safe space, immediately frame not who I am, like I'm not big into to bios, simply because it's not about me when I'm on stage. 
It's about my audience and reaching them. And so I will come out with a powerful way to uh, pull them in, uh, normally through humor. I love to make people laugh, um, even through difficult times. But I want to encourage. Uh, I want to inspire. I want to be known as someone who was able to take a stage and inspire someone to take one step right? My book is The Power of One. Sometimes we look at a big goal that we need to achieve. You're going to get there one step at a time. Don't despise your small beginnings. And so if I can inspire someone from that space, that that stage by what I am saying, or even sometimes even Zoom, right? Because we speak on Zoom, man, check. I've done my job. Yeah. So some key points there. It's not about you. It's about your audience. So when you're crafting your speech and your topic, think about the audience and what you can do for them. You're inspiring them. So you want to take away, you know, from the audience, um, they want, you want them to feel inspired by whatever it is that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So I really like, like that. Um, And how do you find like speaking opportunities or is it people just reaching out to you or do you actively seek out opportunities to share your message? That's good. No, I actively seek out opportunities. I actually spent two years uh, finding a speakers bureau that I wanted to be a part of, was very intentional with that and um, actually signed with AAE, All um, American Entertainment this year. Uh, So I I think it's important when you are considering being a public speaker, let people know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and say it more than one time. Uh, whether you are a business owner, you're talking from a stage, you're writing a book, you got to constantly be driving that message of what it is that you're doing. You probably still have family that ask you, Angela, what are you doing? Like, like they still don't know. So you want to make sure that your, your message is clear um, and that you're actually putting out there, hey, I'm a speaker, booking speaking engagements for keynotes and retreats and workshops. Let people know what you're doing. Yeah. Don't be a secret agent, no matter what kind of business no. you are. Yeah. I, I've really been working on that this, the last month, because I felt like my social media, I do a lot of things, but the podcast is my baby. It's what I focus on. So now it's like my heading, my pinned videos, you know, most of my videos now are about the podcast. So hopefully when people find me, they know that I have a podcast and that's what I do. Yes. So what's next for you? What do you envision, not just maybe in 2024, but going forward? What do you see in your future? Yeah, that's a great question. Really, I have spent the last three years uh, really focusing on consulting with um, small business owners. I had understood corporate because I had been there for 25 years. Uh, Entrepreneurship was something that was new for me. I needed to immerse myself in it. This year, I had the opportunity to do that as one of the lead consultants with Florida International University and their College of Business, uh, the Small Business Development Center, who is one of my clients. And so I've been immersed in um, consulting small business owners. But now I am going to, our, our firm is going to go into corporations and really get back to leadership development. People are leaving companies because of people, not because of the name that is on the building. And so we want to be able to go and impact uh, with trainings, one-to-one executive coachings, forums, uh, all the different activities to make sure that leaders are supported so that they can um, really contribute in a valuable way for the companies that they're working for. 
Yeah, I heard a statistic recently that people who leave a job for money are like less than 50% happy with their move because they did it for the monetary side of it without really getting to know that new company, that new culture, and really looking at the culture that um, they're currently in. So like one of the things that I like to do is come into a company and teach about money because so many times it's not just about the raise, but teaching the employees, you know, what are you spending money on? Can you create extra income on what you're doing? Do you have some, you know, excess stuff in the house that we can get rid of? Or how do we cut some expenses? So really you're helping your employees to like create more income without creating more income that comes from your bottom line, which makes happier employees. And then they know now that you've invested in them and their future without just giving them a raise. So it's more like a, a hand up instead of a hand out, right? So I love that with the corporate side of thing and just, you know, taking care of your employees is so important, right? Absolutely. I mean, they are the oxygen of your company. And I know that we will build a lot of strategies around sales, around marketing, around business development, around how do we go to market of our supplier diversity. The people strategy is what is lacking in companies. Uh, and that is what we are moving forward with in 2024, helping executives with their people strategy and really being able to impact their teams. Yeah, love that too. Yeah. Um, all right, so we've got entrepreneurs that are listening to the podcast. If you could give them one piece of advice, and we'll we'll kind of structure this maybe towards someone who doesn't quite have a large employee base yet, what mm -hmm. could you give them from a strategy or you know your your golden nugget for a business owner so that they can implement this right away and help their business grow? Let me tell you, if you are listening, watching this as a small business owner or business owner, I first have to say how I am just intrigued by your resiliency, your grit, your strapping, your scrappiness, your ability to just get it done. You're innovative, you're creative. And one of the first mistakes that I constantly see, I have at this point consulted hundred and hundred of hours uh, with business owners, it's mindset. It's not a tactical error that you're making in the business. It's literally your mindset. I want you to shift your CE and put on your CEO mindset. And some of you might feel like you don't know what that means. And obviously there are people like me that are able to help you with that. But it is important to know that what the activities that are filling your day, are they impacting your bottom line? Hmm. It is your mindset. Stop overanalyzing. You need to be decisive. Many times it's very hard to make a decision. Should I call? Should I not call? Should I send this email at 3 a.m.? What should I do? Should I pay this bill? Oh my gosh, should I invest in? Listen, CEO mindset. You've got to be decisive. You got to make a decision. You got to stop making fear-based decisions as well. That those limiting beliefs that you have, I'm not enough. I can't do it. I'm not a speaker. I can't. I know. Mm -mm. Get out of your own head. Get out of your own way. It is literally, Angela, mindset. Yeah. So what are some things that you do to help you control and work on your mindset personally? Yeah, I affirm myself. I, I really will constantly say, all right, you can do this. Before I start any day, I am sitting before my Lord, uh, you, you know, your creator, whatever it is that you will call uh, that entity, that higher power in your life. 
you, you want to be able to know that it is not all on you, mm -hmm. right? There's a big God out there that is going to help you be able to take the next step. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is I've noticed for myself, if I go too far in the future, that's where anxiety starts to set in. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if I should, I could, I da, da, da. focus on what's the right next step to take. We're sometimes we're just too far. You know, we have our, I remember when I was a young mom and I was thinking about when they would become teenagers. It's like, oh my gosh, they're still in diapers. Like, what are you doing? So just when you find yourself kind of unraveling in that way, bring yourself back in like, what can I do in this moment? Another thing that I do in the middle of the day, I reset my day. I will sit in silence and breathe. I will look out the window at the sky and I will say, God, you are holding the world together for centuries and you will continue to hold the world together. Whatever anxiety I have with the deep breathing and that exercise, it just melts away. That's good. It's kind of like taking nap time from when you're a child to reset your day and bringing it into adulthood because we may not have the chance to take a nap, but you can take five minutes out of your day to reset, to meditate, do whatever it is that kind of brings you back centered so yes. that you can refocus and be 100% present for the rest of the day. Yes. Yeah, I like that. That's a good tip there. Yeah. Um, so I have a fun question for you. Yeah. If you could have a superpower, mm. what would it be and why? That's a great question. Um, If I could have a superpower, it would be to wave a magic wand. <laughs> and uh, when I would feel myself beating up myself I would wave it and my mouth would beat me like <laughs> it would just stop it um and the same for other people right when I would see someone that was speaking words that were condescending talking down because some many times those become labels that we put on ourselves oh maybe I'm not creative enough mm. maybe I'm not beautiful enough Maybe I'll never make more money. I would just wave my wand so that would dissipate and just be um, replaced with a truth. Yeah. And that would go a long way, I think, with children today or mental illness, because so much of that, that noise that we hear in our own brain that's coming from ourself is really not true. So that would be, I, I would be around you a lot and be like, can I see your wand? I need your wand. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Awesome, Rosalind. So if our audience wants to get in contact with you, hire you, learn more about what you are doing, what's the best way for them to reach you? Best way for you to reach us. We love hanging out on Instagram. Uh, our address is at double portion. You can also call us 954-372-6514 or visit our website and book a complimentary discovery call with us, uh, dpi2.com. Awesome. Thank you again for your time today. I truly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into Empower Her Money podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share this podcast, and leave a review wherever you are tuning in.